Welcome, welcome, everybody. Welcome. This is Sharad Smith, and this is Iambic Poetry Podcast presents Real Poetry. I am here once again with my two popcorn snatchers, Marvin and Auntie Vice. Say what up. Woo! What up? And today, we are all together in one room. Oh, my gosh. Woo! I know it's kind of crazy. We're back, people. I know we've been I know we've been off hiatus for a couple couple of weeks. I hope y'all been enjoying Operation Free Soul, but it's now back to the stuff we do both. We're going to review poetry film. I know. Yeah, it's like that. But anyway, our first one that we're going to review today is from Brian Brent. The title of it is called Time. With Benny Rumasa, Rumasa, and we're going to have we're going to watch it, we're going to review it. We might have a few commentaries in between, and we'll go from there. So you can hear us talking our behinds off as we're doing. Are you good? Yeah, I'm totally good. <laughs> no, I'm saying because you got the mic upside down. I'm just <laughs> okay. It fell out. I had a hard time putting it in. Yeah. And then there was a whole bunch of miming. Okay. It's a, it's a pretty hard thing. Is it pretty to hard? get it in right. Okay. Are we ready? All right. Uh, talking to Mike. Mary. Hi. Yeah. Are we ready? Hold up. I'm not hearing nobody. I'm not hearing nobody. Speak, speak, speak. I did, I, sorry. I wasn't. That's usually how you tell the dogs to talk. Are you hearing me at all? No. Oh, I gotta keep talking while you turn it up and down, making some ambient noise so that you can see what you can pick up. Pick up what I'm putting down. This is so broke. Oh, I don't know why it's so low. So back to the girl who was oh sleeping before there's like millions of K drama. So after that night, we still talked for her. Did. It was super awkward. Like, and she didn't make any mention of like Asian shit, but like it was just, it still played in the back of my head. Oh, is Kevin out there? Oh, stop! Just yeah, Mia's our cat. Kevin is the neighbor's cat that comes in. Uh, we don't know what his real name is. We just call him Kevin. Let's call him Kevin. I love it. All right, let's get this thing started. All right, the first one is time. From Brian Brent. He is a Canadian poet. We're going to check him out. Hmm. I do look where this is going. There's this certain talk about how. late. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it just how fragile and fickle time can be for a specific person and how they have to accomplish everything. I, I, I dig it. Interesting. 
What's up? I'm going to say this. I'm not a fan of... Well, I'm a fan of the subject. I'm not a fan of the wordage. Yeah? How so? What do you mean that wordage? Oh, where he's going with it? I can respect the subject matter. I can disrespect the direction it's going with. But a lot of how he's talking about it seems vague. And then especially with viewers who can't... Who probably are not going to watch what we just watched. It looked like a young professional. Well, I, th- I think that's what he was trying to go with. I think he should. Well, okay, okay. The word of the poem was it made it sound like he wanted time with a specific person whereas visually it looked like there was this young professional getting into a professional life that he was getting ready for with denim jeans and a button down that was untucked and that's very much a young person thing to do when you're just entering the work field he instead of a like a sling bag a, a sling briefcase or anything like that he had a backpack over his shoulders again it just sounds like someone who just feel, suddenly feels like I don't have enough time productive-wise to do what the things I want to do and not matching the specific verbiage of the piece itself because it made it sound like you and I did not do enough no, I thought, together. I thought, more, I thought it was more of a factor of him understanding his fate. And where he was, where yeah, he was, was at, even though it seemed like he was going like to school or something, or he maybe is doing like a little college or starting a little job with a backpack on and stuff. But he he seemed like he was understanding where his fate was going, where his fate started, or where it's at right now, and where it's going to end. And that's where I was kind of projecting from the the point of it. Yeah, I I I, I certainly can agree with that, but it just. With the way it was worded, and then the narration was going, it, it made it sound like you, 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 as in he was talking right. to someone else and not himself, to which it makes me immediately think of, I'm thinking of a specific love, or he's lovelorn on something like that. And it doesn't make it seem like it fits the visual style that we just watched. Because, again, all I can think of is a young professional who's now entering a workforce, and he is now considered completely lost because instead of pursuing a specific mm-hmm. creative passion, he's now entering a workforce into a specific system that kind of yeah. just drains him. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about you, Hot Device? See, I took it differently. For me, I understood it as his ruminations on just how repetitive life can be. Right, um, doing the same routine, brushing his teeth in the morning, having breakfast, leaving the home, right? Um, and I think he really captured how, as you grow up, that becomes more and more part of your life, right? And he has the line in there about, "I knew so much more then," right? And the confidence and cockiness that comes with youth. And I also thought it was stunningly shot. I thought it was a really beautiful film. I yeah. actually really liked it. It's hitting me really hard right now. It's hit, that visual visually hits me really. You can relate hard. to it yeah. as well. <laughs> oh yeah, no, no, because I did the exact same thing when I first started getting yep. into the workforce. I would wear button-down shirts and wear a backpack to work. Right now, these days, I just wear a sweater, uh-huh. have a briefcase, and I'll wear some like really f- good shoes, like streetwear shoes. 
and enter the office and not give a fuck of how unprofessional that looks any, anymore. Like that's that, that that's essentially my work life. So, so what's this? So we'll 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 rank these at the end. So what's this okay. one? About? Or this one? It's a like quarantine, so, but it kind of feels like the same one. Yes, this. <laughs> this one is quarantine. It was okay. shot in 2020, uh, filmed by BMPCC. Um, and let's see, the story and direction is Jason okay. Gonzalez. So let's give this, right, let's a, give try. this a go. Give it a go. Give it a go. Shh. Well, that's a disturbing visual right there. Definitely reminds me of a definitely reminds me of a space odyssey. Yeah. Space Odyssey. Yeah. Kinda of remind me of gravity. Yeah. That was essentially it. It always trips me out when 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 you hear poems they just you know, they describe everything. Right. Whereas when you see it it kind of gives you a different perspective, you know, a different feel of like, okay. I personally think this said everything it needed to say, especially if it was done in 2020 during quarantine. It was dated, what, May? Right. It said everything it certainly needed to say about quarantine. When, if you took it seriously, you stayed in home, you were quiet. I mean, not quiet, but you certainly were left to your own devices a lot at home. And I loved... My favorite was the visualization of the window as it went tunnel vision. Mm-hmm. All you could think about was leaving the house. Yeah. Continually in the house, you would spray, like, or just apply sanitizer. Like, I, I, I think this poem, or uh, not poem, but this visual storytelling will age very well mm-hmm. to describe this, however long this will last for us. Like, it, it, whether it be for another few months for us for quarantine or for another five years. I think this will age well to be a particular time capsule of how a specific person felt that really speaks to a whole society. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And I it beautifully, beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, the, just really appropriate visuals to convey the feeling of what the last 18 months have been. I, I oh, really yeah, liked yeah. it. Like, yeah, sometimes less is more. Yeah. And this was a good example of that. Without saying anything, it showed very well what it's been like for anyone who's taken anything seriously about this whole pandemic. Yeah. Exactly. But I mean, he could, I mean, he, but he could have just took it into a way of making it almost like a, a thriller. I mean, the way it was kind of shot, it was almost like a thriller. Yeah, but here's the thing. I personally think like I could say and as much as I want to about the quarantine and how it felt for me. Mm-hmm. But for anyone who didn't take it seriously or did take it seriously, mm-hmm. my experience to like verbally say it could not it could mean more or more more or less to a person. But to visually show them what it felt like mm-hmm. connects with them when they can like see how it impacted them. Yeah, yeah. Okay. No, he's just laying down. Um, for me, to the where they're doing the the triptych shot of the one person in the three different chairs, looking right. back and forth, that captures so much of what I think so many folks went through. Is you just left to yourself and you just keep looking back and forth, and 
you know, trying to avoid too much introspection, but, you know, still being oh, faced yeah. with yourself and your, your own reflection day in, day out. Mm. Completely agree with that. that yeah, I thought that was really well done. Okay. All right, so what's the next one, Auntie Vice? So the next one is called Ode to My Father. It's a Greek film, and the director is Mike Bikos. All right, let's see. And I'm not there to see. If the sun should rise and find your eyes all filled with tears for me. I'll give you two. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about that one? I'm not going to lie. That one kind of is still digesting for me. But yeah, I also say this in a very truthful and vulnerable way way this one hits really hard for me because me and my dad have friction right yeah and there was a specific line where he says there's certain things i will never tell you that you you understand that's already what me and my dad go through so that that in a very close to home way it kind of cut me Yeah. yeah i hate that i like this one the most because it hits so close to home for me I felt my father did pass, so it kind of it kind of resonated with what he was saying about I had to leave you, even though I got to leave you. I have so much I want to live for. Yeah, there was something where he said like, "There's still much to teach you that you already know." Right. That's already what I go through already right now. Right. And that kind of cut cut deeply, like I said. Right. I mean, just uh, the whole, even the whole angel aspect and stuff. I mean, I, I felt, I felt what he was, what well, he was trying to tell. His, the father was trying to tell the son. Well, Anglo-Saxon or not, like I, I right. or like the, the theme or wise mm-hmm. or not. I visually loved it that it was in the forest in the snow, especially with the theme of snow yeah. being in there because it's always meant to be a pure thing. Yes. And essentially what you're trying to say is if your father loves you and there's still a lot of unleft unspoken things, clearly it's still a father's love, but there's no way he can really explain it. And again, it sounds like what you and I have experienced eat both of us have experienced is very similar to what this has said. I can say that with certainty. That's exactly my dad. Uh-huh. There are still a lot of things that he can't say because f- clearly for him, it's a cultural difference, especially for someone who grew up in Maoist communist China. Right. And it's a very specific generational trauma. I cannot understand. But wouldn't it be more of an introspection for him to tell you so you can understand what he went through to get where he was at? I mean, it certainly could be, but like if he was capable of it, right. but I, I don't, at least I can only speak for my dad mm-hmm. because obviously growing up with him 30 years and I, and I still could be wrong because like I, I, I can never know what's going on through his head, but I would assume that's what goes on through his head. Cause I, cause my situation is now my father's friends are hitting me up. Mm-hmm. Tell me about him. And oh, yeah. that. And that's the weird thing because I never knew none of these guys, and now they're coming up and say, "Yeah, I knew your father." It's like, okay. And yeah. then I have to ask my mom, and they get a reference check, and she's like, "Yeah, they know." Oh yeah, see, for me, it's more. 
if I ask him about certain things, then then that's when he divulges it. Right. And I have never known about that. And when I asked, why didn't you tell me this? He's like, you never asked. Right. And he treats it as a very matter-of-fact thing that he had to go on through. <laughs> Not <long>. And I <laughs> treat it as such a pivotal moment, right. moment in his life that I realized this is why the way you are. Like, for example, with how he talks about self-sufficiency to me, I didn't realize that's how it was for him when he had to be in communal, forced to be in communal farms during the Maoist era. And then when Mao died during his teens, he was left to wonder, how do I return to southern China while I'm in central China in the rice fields? And he was telling me, he's like, this is why you must be self-sufficient. If you need to find your way home, you need to learn these things. Dang. Wow. And that makes sense now. Mm-hmm. Dang. <laughs> You just you just shocked me there, man. That's that's some information. That's some history. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Look, and then that totally makes sense for him. And like when I asked him, I was like, "Why didn't you tell me?" He's like, "You never asked." <laughs> why do I need to ask about such a pivotal moment in your life? But it makes sense. It makes right. sense why he thinks this way. His generation, his specific culture, and how he is it forces him to be withholding on a lot of information. And I think this is why this one hits really close to home for me mm. a lot of what it said has i can imagine this is how my own father would have been if he wanted to tell me things what about you auntie vice again i think this is another beautiful film visually it's stunning i love the fact that they're talking about aging and death and they stage it in winter so you have the visual metaphor along with the the other language mm. the poem is very well written Mm-hmm. Um, it clearly captures a lot of emotion and a lot of sense that that's a very shared experience. Um, I even like the color palette of this one that oh, they no, use, right? Like it's just these are these are some of the better ones we've watched in a while. I, I you know, I think it's just like we. I, I think you and I can agree at least on device. Yeah. We both dig it when it clearly comes from a place that can age well. Yeah, because a lot of the ones we've been watching, at least. Did not age Certainly well. Certainly did not age well. Like that, uh, Kerouac. Kerouac. Um, the baseball one. Yeah, that one. That one clearly did not age well. Yeah. I personally thought the Paul Bunyan one aged well. I don't know. Yeah, you, yeah. I no. think. It, I think it never aged at all because right. I still believe, especially in the U.S. With capitalism, it still remains relevant. It does. It does. Mm. Yeah. No. This is another one. It's. The great filmmaking in this area. Great in these short poem yeah. films. Yeah, mm. I think visually and narrative wise, it's yeah. very timeless. I mean, obviously, as we just talked about, like for me, this hit very close. Yeah, right. and I enjoy for that way, reason. We talked about visually how it used all the right things. How yeah. displaying it, the setting, it represents a very pure fact and now that we talk about it more winners always the thought of death the end of one season before a new one starts so as a father his life ends and essentially his son begins right like that was great storytelling in my opinion yeah okay all right well we all have our good opinions and stuff but right now i think we're getting ready to go review this and go into snap judgment now in Snap Judgment, we basically rate the ones that we reviewed by giving it snaps. Three snaps. This is top shelf stuff. 
it basically should not get Brock mired or anything in that way. <laughs> it shouldn't get lucid, huh? Lucy. Maybe lucid or pegged. <laughs> I guess that's what we call it. But uh, according to Brock Meyer, it's now lucid. Lucy. <laughs> um, if it gets two snaps, it's not that bad, but it's not that good. If it gets one snap, this should go to the place where the mischievous toys should go. On an island far away. We go in quarter snaps. And what I will say right now, let's start our time by counting down to what? Give the name of the movie. Oh. Yeah. Well, first the first one we're gonna the first one we're gonna do is gonna be um Brian Brett's time. We will count back and close our eyes and from three. Two, one. Okay, we got. Oh, what we got here? Look, oh, is that a three? Well, a two. Is that a two? All right, we got a three, two, a two point, a two and a half. All right, well, that's not that's not a bad score. Right I'm there. the high one on that one. You know how unusual that is. <laughs> it's very. No, I, I, I think this is the first one I've been the high yeah, score. So yeah, I still find it unusual when you and I don't sing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I'm going to ask from the lowest now. All right, Marvin, why'd you give it a? Two? Why'd you give time a two? I I still maintain there was something about that narrative that makes me think that the narrator was talking about someone he is yearning for. Mm. There was just something about it that makes me think that way, but it mm-hmm. could just be me. But then visually, like I said, it it, it very it speaks very directly to a person's loss of their youth. Yeah. yeah. And those two conflict with me, so hence why the two. I think both are very powerful statements, but they don't connect together very well. Hmm. Uh, I give it a 2.5 because it did have more of a fate type of um message to it and in the cinematic photography itself was very visual with someone's everyday life um things that they're trying to do um so i I, (laughs) you doing (laughs) so i looked at it as it had a good message to it and it ended off very well with the boy actually walking to either work or somewhere This is going to be hard on the recording. <laughs> Auntie Vice, why did you give it a three? <laughs> I thought it was beautifully shot. I thought it was beautifully written. <laughs> you should just leave Marvin taking the bottle in. <sighs> I'm glad these things are separate because it would be hard to try to hell if y'all it's all together and it'd be... Give me a beat. Ding, ding, ding. But as you're saying. No, I thought it was beautifully shot and beautifully written. And I, I just, I really enjoyed it. I, I think it was very well done all around. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, that is a two, a 2.5 and a three. That is a 7.5 out of nine for time. The next one we will do is Jason Gonzalez's Quarantine. Count back to three. Well, count from three. Three, two, one. Uh, was that three? Three. Oh, three. Oh, three, 
Three, three, and two. Okay. What? Yeah. You gave it a two? How'd you give it a for, two? Okay, uh, see, this is a very strange Twilight moment for us. Yeah. For once, Auntie Vice scored the highest. Uh. When we do sync, Sharon gives it the lowest. Hmm. So should I say first? Or yeah, first? What, what, what's your issue with the film? Now I must know, yeah. <laughs> I'm a poet. So to me, I understand the fact of visual scene or cinematic scene to show, but I would love to hear what they were thinking. Because if I don't know what they're thinking, it, it just all the visual, it just, it just makes it like, okay, I understand where you're showing with this this scene, this scene, and the action. Do you speak a thousand words? But I really wanted to hear what he was thinking, what what she was thinking, or what the what the actress or the person point of view, because that to me is is really the item of your sanity. I love when you hear a poet talk, they ought to describe everything because unfortunately, you know, ironically, they can't just go up there and throw their hands around like a, like a mime. If they, I know some of that deal and just live with that. They actually have to, they actually save, you know, some words or some story or whatever and try to bring you in. I dug this cinematography. I, you know what? I'm going to switch it up. I'm going to give this a 2.5. I dug the cinematography. I dug where they were going. It felt like a thriller to me. It didn't feel like a poem. I understand it's a visual, but it felt like a thriller. Like this was a like I thought this was actually a, a, a trailer for a movie. I was like, okay, this is going to be like a trailer for a movie. But I really wanted to hear what was going on in their mind. I have to disagree with you. Okay. I, I and I understand where you're coming from, like especially when we talk about a me, a specific narrative fashion where it relies it relies solely on words and sound and a very distinct point where you need to hear vocally. It really cuts out from what we this podcast really talks about, mm-hmm. and you are now asking the listener to watch it visually instead. But I think that's where its strength lies for this particular piece, for quarantine, for some specific people. Well, you know, not not even some specific people. I feel, again, for a lot of specific people, even for the ones who took it seriously, the ones who didn't take it seriously, this was a very isolating event when you are told to go on lockdown, you can't go out anywhere, or when you, and even if you didn't take that into effect, but to be told you can't go anywhere in and to stave off this particular virus, it becomes a very isolating effect. Even if you live with people, even if you don't, you are. Lo- it does a great and fantastical job of explaining what mental health illness looks like, explaining what isolation looks like, what loneliness looks like. I again, I cannot really explain enough how powerful that effect was when the whoever directed this whoever filmed this jason chose to show what looking out a window looks like when it's tunnel vision because all you can think about is going outside when i was in quarantine all i could think about was okay i'm counting off the days when i go grocery shopping because i'm gonna wear my best fucking clothes i'm gonna look <laughs> good in what in the most minimal fashion possible to buy vegetables and meat I tunnel visioned the idea of going outside 
because I took it seriously. Personally, I took it seriously enough to wait specific days to go outside when the pandemic was at its peak of fear. And that's what it was like. I tunnel visioned that. And that's the narrator did a great job of that. And during its peak, all I could think about was I have to ensure that I don't get sick. I sanitized, I washed, I did a lot of things to decontaminate. I think those two really did a great job to express what it felt like. And much to how Auntie Vice talked about with really when you talk, sit alone, all you are left with is your thoughts. And visually, the, 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 the Jason did a good job in showing what that looked like with him sitting beside two versions of himself talking to himself. I thought this was great. It explained what quarantine looked like. Uh, I agree with Marvin on on all of that. I think it it really did capture it. The other thing is when it comes to cinematic poetry, like these pieces, you can go the way the pardon me, the first and the third one did, where you match the uh, try to match the visuals to the content of the poem and all of that. This one went strictly visuals, but they matched it to poetic stanzas in the length of each shot and then whether or not they were with people or without and it has a pattern of a poem so Mm -hmm. it's like eight seconds eight seconds eight seconds six seconds but the six seconds is you know uh no people in the shot you know and they they did that it was just so well done of merging the two forms and i i think it was absolutely fantastic Uh, you know you're right and this was a very mostly silent piece yeah like even in background sound it was very muted in comparison it had some background sound but again muted and i still think it speaks to the power of what it was like to be in quarantine Mm -hmm. you were just left in the quiet by yourself essentially yeah yeah Yeah, i didn't think about that you're right it it did have the 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 scenes were very short and very um basically cut scene based where Mm -hmm. you could switch it around and and get the message he wanted to get out of that if just like a person would if you were doing the actual verbal verbalization version of this poem probably the same thing i i, I just i think in my head i just feel like I, i'm so I'm, i think it's just my old school way or just because of the, mm-hmm. the first and the third yeah. one they had talk mm-hmm. this one was just like okay i'm waiting for him to start speaking and and it never came right i think it's easy to misinterpret that too. Like I, I think a lot of people forget like that poetry. They just keep thinking beatniks where mm-hmm. that frenetic exp, 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 exposition comes from with frenetic beats or slow paced beats or jazzy beats. And they, that's all they can think of, but they forget that poetry can be a lot of different things. They right. can be, it can be, Charles Bukowski, where it's talking about something very gritty. It could be Robert Frost, where it has very specific, beautiful lines, or whatever else it can be. It can be spoken word, where it's just so powerful and loud. It can be a lot of things, and this in itself was poetry. It in itself was still a very auditory thing, where it was so silent, and it spoke to what quarantine was like. And it, that, in itself, for me at least, was still poetry. However, anyone else wants to argue that it was very poetic in its own right Mm. okay all right number three is ode to the father uh i didn't to my father uh, what was the person's name who wrote it beckos b-e-k-o-s okay because because yeah 
Bekos. He's like, was that like a Scandinavian name or something like this? Greek. Greek. Okay. All right. So we'll give him the. Really? I'm just gonna. Ding. <laughs> I was just gonna drink and pour one out to my dad, but. <laughs> just because cheers. <laughs> Just go cheers, huh? This one's to you, Dad. Cheers. Nice. <laughs> are you gonna have your hand free to the to, to rate, or you want to? Oh, rate? we. I think we already know what my scoring for this. Yeah. <laughs> Me and my daddy issues already know what this is gonna be. Like. All right, then we'll just basically go with the three, two, and a one. All right, well, I'm seeing three. It's matching three. auntie vices. And yes. a three. We got this one a nine. nine Perfect nine. score. Again, wow. I feel like this is some Twilight Zone shit because it's. I don't think we've done a perfect matching score once. No. No. So well, no, no, wait. Very, even, with, even with um, We Are Animals? We Are Animals? I still recall. like There was one of us who was off by like half a point. Or yeah, something. I remember yeah. that very okay. clearly. One of us was off half a point. Right. Okay. Yeah. It was still one of our highest rated ones. But yeah. No, right. this is absolutely brilliant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Um, well, should we go? You want to? You want to end off with it? Uh, I'll start off then. Uh, why give it three? Okay, one. This one hit home. This one hit home with what I think my father would have left if he had something to say and stuff. It. I think it's more. It's more the fact of I'm a father too, and trying to figure out what do I say to my kids before I leave this earth. It's. It's come. It's coming down to being like a a false calm, of knowing that how long do I have to live and my mortality is starting to come into come into play in my life and getting to even with COVID and the pandemic and everything what happened. It was you start. I started looking into what do I have to say to my kids and stuff. And it this poem did have everything that I hope. I would say to my children or what my father should have said to me or whatever. So I gave it a three just because of the relate, re, being relative. It was, it was relatable. Re, relatable. In my mind. Yes. So who's high now? <laughs> just the tip. Huh? Just the tip. Why did you give it a three, Marvin? Because I have daddy issues. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> kidding, kidding. Too. No, but for the same reasons you said, but yeah. like, uh, uh, someone who's not a father, I can't relate to that part, but I can. Um, I certainly can imagine that's how I probably would be, where I want to match parts of that my dad that I really do admire, but try to take away from the generational trauma that he had and try to clearly impart it on me. I do recognize what it felt like to be the receiver of that narration, to be and imagine what it would be like if my own father felt the need to be that emotionally vulnerable and tell me all he needed to tell me. And, and and there has been plenty of times where he's talked to me where it was very close to those moments. And that's why this hits very close to my chest. It It's visually stimulating. All, vocally, it hit, is stimulating, of course. And like maybe for some people, it might not be that way due to specific circumstances. But for people like you and I, Sharon, who have had that experience, it definitely hits home. Right. 
and it hits very hard. I mean, and, and even, I don't know, maybe even in circumstances that are not like that, it's still for certain people who have never had that experience, it still hurts a lot. Like, I think this was a very powerful piece in its own right for being as short and simple as it was. Yeah. Hmm. How about you, Antibas? For everything that's been said here, <laughs> I, don't, I don't need to repeat it. I mean, even even with your father being here, I mean, yeah. how's it? No, I wasn't born with a penis, and uh, well, you know, my dad's still around. But even I really liked this piece. I'm, I was I was more looking at it from a, from a daughter perspective. I mean, what did it charge any kind of idea? Cause, I mean, this you're talking to two guys that have right. Well, and I have a very different relationship with my dad than you guys do, so oh, okay. it didn't hit in the same way. But as just as a poem and being judged on the literary aspects of it and the film aspects. I really enjoyed both of these, mm. um, you know. So you would you because these are the ones that this. Okay, let's let's make this one clear. Auntie Vice picked these, so they so, so they were good. They technically were not on the list, but they are on this show. That's why we get. High scoring poems is I chose. Wow. Them. Okay. Okay. If there's, I, I also have to throw in my two cents. <laughs> she also chose for the old version, and that to date has still been one of my top. That favorites. is a brilliant film. Yes. Wow. Okay. But you did give us Weed the Animals, and that's still. <laughs> yes, I will. I will. And, and I will defend that as well. <laughs> But we also need to get rid of the list and let Auntie Vice choose a little bit more as well. Oh, no, because is... because some of the ones on the list have been killing me. I'm looking at you, um, Mulan. <laughs> I was I was waiting for you to squeeze that in. I was wondering if I was going to have to do it for you. No, 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 no. I was looking for a way, but no, I'm looking at you, Mulan. You were definitely low on the list. But same with you. Uh, we speak in poetry and kindergarten teacher. Oh Jesus, those are bad. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all will never let those two go. No, no, we won't. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I, I think for me right now, I've exactly explained my chronological order. Mulan worst. We speak or speak in poetry. Then kindergarten teacher. What about wild horses? I thought that was fantastic. Guess who chose that? Oh. I did. I thought you said it was on Auntie Vice. It was on the list, but I was, was the on one the who list. chose it off the she list. Chose off the oh, list. yeah, that was a fantastic movie. <laughs> you I never let said it Auntie Vice pick because you know I, I, never, oh, said, I never said it wasn't. As someone who also looks for their own heritage, <laughs> yeah, mm, I agree with this movie. And I'm sorry, it was Sandra O. Oh, I mean, anything Sandra O oh does is amazing chef's kiss amazing <laughs> she's brilliant she doesn't get the love she deserves either you oh. know what the funny thing is she's actually getting it these days finally well in the asian community we fucking love her and look sandra oh i know you're like oh, probably not into this or anything like that but like look i'm sorry to, if i sexualize you or anything like that but you can get if it. you listen to this podcast and everything you're like i'm 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 down i'm down <laughs> look i had a very weird tinder moment a few dates back I, I, he I needs need to this. stop dating white women that's all i gotta okay, say we, we, you we, gotta wanna, start, oh stop God. dating white yeah, women edit that crap out. <laughs> oh, okay. no don't 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 leave that in leave that in if anybody in luna hears this and listens to this y'all y'all need to know just don't hang bts posters in your fucking bedroom please <laughs> hashtag <laughs> when you're over 40 hey there's some you know what i've yet to, you know what like you know what the funny thing is hmm. so far so far i have not met some some women older than me by like 10 years have matched with me and i'm kind of into that but so far i have 
in the past, I've seen some older women love Twilight, but I've not seen them love BTS yet. So I'm waiting for the day when that happens. I've seen people my age and younger love BTS, but I've not seen that happen with older generations. Because that's more that's more of the in sync. The um, there can be some cool moms, boys. Well, there could be some, but more of them are going to kind of go with what they felt. I also would like to categorically mention that it's still not cool if you're an older woman and you still want to like talk to me about BTS. Like, please don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I I cannot mention like a quicker turnoff for me. Like, I'm not here for your yellow fish or yellow fever. (laughs) Well, as you can see, time got uh, what was time got a a three, four, uh, seven, seven point five, seven point five. 7.5 7.5 for time. Uh, quarantine got a... Uh, um, 8.5. 8.5. And um, this one, O to a father, got nine, 9 out of 9. So, as you can see, it really elevated up through the moments. If you want to check us out on the social media aspect, here is our handles. Marvin, take it away. Yeah, you can find me on the gram as StarvinMarvin09. Auntie Vice. I'm on most social media under Auntie Vice. My blog is loveletterstoaunicorn.com and my professional site is AuntieVice.com. Certainly check it out if you have a dead bedroom. I have a co-worker who's doing it now. <laughs> you can check me out on I am Big Zine. That is I-A-M-B-I-C-Z-I-N-E. And the next one we're going to do, I don't know. We might be together again. We might be on Zoom. Both ways, it's still going to be epic. I am Sharon. That is Auntie Vice. That is Marvin. This is a Monty Vice pick. I give her, I give her a few claps for a good show for thank you. Because I, I was certainly toast one, you on that. Because I was picking one that was that 1990, and yes, that was gonna be some Charlie Chapman mess. <laughs> I would also like to mention that would not have flown while we were high. And one of us was high it would have crossfaded. Right, it would have went well. Alright, but yo, check us out on the next on the next episode and we will see y'all. Well, happy October. We will see you all soon. Peace. Happy spooky season, everyone. <laughs>